Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 87, One Day Closer to Heaven. <laughs> there we go. We're back to the rhymes. Oh, I didn't do it for a while, and then I figured, I and then you did one, and I was like, well, maybe I'll give it a shot, yeah. and that happened. Those that were with us at the Ooh. beginning, they know what's up. Okay, maybe I should stop rhyming all the time. Sometimes it's a challenge. <laughs> like, what rhymes with challenge? Phalange. <laughs> <laughs> we're stopping there. Okay, episode 87 of our Gooya mini-series, it's all about stopping those toxic thoughts from spiraling out of control. So this episode, we're covering chapters 11 through 14, and remember, we're right in the part where she is giving us the practical, actionable steps of how you have a choice. You can choose to think a certain thought, or you can capture that thought, and then, okay, I'm going to flip this and make it more positive, or whatever. So we are starting with... Chapter 11. Yes, chapter 11 is titled, A Beautiful Interruption. I choose to delight in God. And so, just a reminder, at the beginning of the chapters, she throws out some common lies we might be telling ourselves. Um, this is this is a good one. Nothing is as good as it seems. Where are my sixes mm. at? Enneagram sixes, you out there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm there for you. I'm with you. It says, don't get your hopes up. You'll just be setting yourself up for a fall. Mm. Dang. Had that one before. (laughs) Thought that a time or two. Or (laughs) 17,000. Maybe. All right. So in this chapter, she talks a whole lot about cynicism. Fives. (laughs) (laughs) Is this just what we're going to (laughs) do? Love you. (laughs) Well, I like how she talks about cynicism. That's hard. Cynicism is driven by fear of the future or anger regarding the past. Oh, snap. Ouch. That makes sense. No, it's phrased like that. Yeah. So I'll say it again just in case you missed it. Mm. It's driven by fear of the future or anger about the past. Wow. So I like how this chapter, it talks about the whole dance between optimism and cynicism yes you have your bad days but i think the difference is are you having a bad day or a moment or five minutes or are you just downright cynical is it your lifestyle yeah are you just constantly sitting in that instead of climbing out of that feeling explore other feelings she points out that cynicism erodes our ability to see god rightly Mm. and so um i have an episode on here where I talk about miscarriages that I went through and just talking to other people. It's hard to not feel like, are you being punished for something or what am I not doing right? Or 
God's mad at me. And so again, when you are in those tough seasons, um, it's hard to see God as he is. Because I don't believe that, you know, hindsight is definitely twenty twenty, but that he doesn't use miscarriages to punish people. Um, I don't think that he was trying to, like, teach me a lesson because I did something wrong. Um, you know, I might never see exactly the purpose behind it all. I have my own reasons and thoughts of, you know, the good that's come out of it. And so you can check out that episode. Yeah, that's episode 36. And I really like that you shared that just piece right there about how you obviously had to choose joy, find the joy. Obviously, that's not a joyful situation, but we even share on that podcast the good things that have come from that, not just from not your perspective, but another person who actually reached out to you and shared her story and was able to have babies after. So again, go check that episode out, episode 36. And that is in our Brene Brown Daring Greatly miniseries where we also talk about foreboding joy is what Brene calls it, the waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh, when's that gray cloud going to come back hover again? When's going to be my next anxiety attack? When's going to be my next? Instead of choosing to delight in God and see the positive. And, and I'm not saying be overly irresponsibly optimistic. Like, yeah, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to spend all my money on lotto tickets. So that's, that's not what we're saying. There's, it's a lifestyle choice of being joyful. Yeah, I think, too, some people that hold foreboding joy, it's living a very lukewarm, basically cold water life um, because you don't want to get your hopes up or the fall that could come after. Like, if you are living a very joyful, happy life, that the the fall when hard things come isn't worth it. So if you just kind of live in a constant state of just mediocre living, then when something disappointing comes along, the fall's not so far. Or we know that Christmas, uh, guys, Christmas brings my kids so much joy, just the season. <laughs> I think just like I love Halloween, and one of the reasons is it's the start of the holiday season. I think one reason my kids are so sad about Christmas is because it's kind of the end of the holiday season. And so um, knowing that joy won't last forever, it's kind of like... Well, would you not get excited about Christmas because you know it's going to be over? And so um, I try to explain that to them, too. Like, well, if we had Christmas every day, it wouldn't be so special. Yeah, have you seen Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas? Yes. Yes, they watched that, and I Mm. tried to point it out, and they were just like, no, Mom, (laughs) not getting the reference here. (laughs) I can't make that connection. (laughs) Yeah, so while joy is not constant, every day isn't going to feel like Christmas, um having those special moments is what makes them so special. So I encourage you that, you know, if you're foreboding joy, to not look at it as, well, I don't want to get to that high place because there's going to be a fall, right? I told one of them this year that, so should we just not put up the Christmas decorations because you just hate putting them away so Mm, much? And it was like, no! Why would you say that? Mm, ask me about washing laundry. Would I rather wash laundry or buy new clothes? <laughs> buy new clothes! <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like that's kind of with joy and, and happiness, too, is, you know, enjoy the moment. You know it doesn't last, but you can use that two ways, to avoid joy or just enjoy it while you have it in that moment. Well, and, and by choosing joy in, the, in those hard situations, you can leverage that memory for later as well, and we talk about that. Um, Romans 8.28 says... 
And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So again, if you are stuck in the valley, if something terrible has happened and you're working through it, just know that he has a purpose and this fits into his story. So remember, it's not about us. It's how we fit into God's story. That's what the whole Bible is about. It's a bunch of little stories that all tell the story of God's redeeming love. Yes, and so at the end she says that Jesus came for us, arms crossed, cranky, you know, cynical, all of our negative selves. So I love what you just said there because um, it's kind of like the people that don't want to go to the gym and work out because they want to be in shape before they go to the gym. (laughs) And so you praying and showing up and God's there, he hasn't left, but just, you know, turning and facing our posture to him and praying to him. You don't have to be in a good mood or your happy self uh, to, you know, connect with him and build that relationship. So if you are going through a dark season that uh, Jesus is still there, God's still right there, they haven't left you, and turn to him. If you're mad, be mad. Talk to him. Um, If you're sad, be sad. Talk to him. Um, Don't wait till you're in a good mood to talk to God. He's there for it all. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're, if you need some life hacks on that, um, just remember that don't let your hurt drive your behavior. Don't let that be the reason you do something. There's that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. So try to stop that. And again, really try to focus in. If you really are struggling, there's something called the Wonder Woman pose that we've talked about before on the podcast. You literally stand like Wonder Woman. So uh, legs shoulder width apart, hands on your hips, chest high, chin up. And research actually shows if you stand like that for a few minutes, you will feel more empowered, stronger, more confident, and you will actually give off that vibe when you are. So if you're about to give a presentation and you're in the elevator or about to interview, you hit the Wonder Woman pose all the way up to whatever floor you're going to and you walk out. And it's just crazy how much your your mind and your body work together like that. We've hit a lot of that stuff and switch on your brain too. For sure. Um, Before we move on to the next chapter, uh, just to say it again, that there are lots of helpful charts and graphics in this book, so definitely go get your hands on that. Um, But she gives examples. So let's say, um, again, you feel an emotion, and it could be hurt. And your thought, in that moment, as soon as you feel hurt, that's where you need to capture your thoughts. And instead of being like, I deserve to feel this way, or I'm hurt, so I'm justified to do whatever it is. Instead, right after that emotion, you have a choice. So you can choose to delight in God. And not that it's an easy choice, but your thought then should be, God is trustworthy and things will work out in the end. And then your behavior should believe the best in others. And then that'll impact your relationships by remaining engaged. And the consequence, which could also be result, is that you become more of a trusting person. Not trusting blindly, but, you know, that could be one of the outcomes. So definitely, um, I encourage you guys to go back and look at the graphics. Again, get the book. There's lots of really good examples in there, um, and we'll hit on those periodically. But, again, get your copy so you can see everything that we might not cover. Yeah, and remember, it doesn't happen overnight, Just like a tree growing. It doesn't just spring out of the ground full grown. Nothing does. So this is going to take baby steps. Sometimes it's going to look two steps forward, one step back. But remember, growth is good and always be moving in an upward trajectory. 
Okay, chapter 12. Yes, chapter 12 is titled, Less Important. I choose to serve God and others. So, uh, man, I've had this slide in my head. Why don't they ever listen to me? Yeah, um, probably because the people pleaser in me doesn't say much, but <laughs> um, I will prove them wrong. Doesn't anyone care about my needs? Um, and then this one that I've got this, and that's kind of, we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but not needing God because you're so strong. And maybe it's not that blunt when you have that thought, but you might just see how much are you relying on yourself and to prove that you can do it on your own when God definitely wants to be there right there with you through it. Right. It, we are human. We are pretty self-centered. So, again, if it's normal to be self-centered, but we don't want to stay self-centered. You were born sinful. We were all born sinful. We have to work our way into be other to be other-minded. So serving others, servant leadership, greatest example of servant leadership was Jesus. So if you need a play-by-play on how to do that, that's a good place to start. So in this chapter, they focus a lot on humility and the opposite of being uh, expressing humility is, you know, being self-centered, worrying about how important you are and your needs. So we interviewed Callie Ammons and um, talking about the Enneagram, I'm a nine, and there's self-preservation, there's the, I don't remember social, the, social and, and one-to-one. One-to-one. Brooke, you're awesome. I love your memory. I love you. Oh, uh, so I'm a self-preservation nine, and so this chapter really spoke to me because I, I, when I stop and reflect, <laughs> I do have that self-preservation mentality, and so sometimes my toxic thinking comes from that, like my needs, and I can convince myself that I'm justified in my needs and that my needs might be more important than someone else's at that point in time. And so then I start having this pity party of nobody cares about my needs and I'm always worried about everyone else's. But when I stop and take those thoughts captive and again hold them up to truth, they don't always align. Mm. (laughs) If you're looking for more information on the Enneagram subtypes, it's episodes 74, 75, and 76. What thinking about yourself could look like, aside from self-preservation, could also be... Um, wanting to be more successful, stronger, thinner, prettier. And those things aren't bad necessarily if you're just trying to be healthier and take care of yourself so that way you have the energy and needs to fulfill other people's needs and God's purpose for you. But again, if they're very self-centered, then again, you got to look at the motive behind what it is that you're doing. So... Um, Lasting joy is only going to come when God is in the center. So if you are in the center of your life and you're not happy, <laughs> that could be that could be the problem. And we laugh at that. <laughs> but honestly, what is in the center of your life? And so however that question impacts you, take a second to think about that. And if you say God is in the center of your life, What actions are you doing during the day, day to day, that support that? Right. What are some examples you've done? Have you done a random act of kindness? Is it letting the person go in front of you, holding the door for someone? Those little things are other-minded. So I think the more 
We can serve others, even when you don't feel like it is the thing. Yeah, I think the thing with being other-centered, again, is that we're, we feel that that means we're giving up something for ourselves. And a lot of times that might be true, like holding the door open and someone else gets in line before you or what have you. But um, I like this quote, and I don't know how to say it any different, so I'm just going to read it. It's from Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. There, I cited my source. Okay. APA format, go back and do it again. Oh, I'll just take the F. <laughs> is it ALA or APA? Oh, MLA. MLA. But one is so like many the Wikipedia of citing your source. <laughs> and it's complicated. Okay, so here's what she says. We forget that we are called to take up our cross and follow him to share in his sufferings and to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And so, um, you know, believers in Christ were called to show his love for us by loving others. And sometimes you got to take up your cross. Um, a good perspective is I'm not literally going to be nailed to a cross and die uh, if I put others' needs um, ahead of mine. It's the metal, metaphorical die to self and putting others first. I know that sometimes when I don't take up that cross and I try to live in self-preservation, I actually feel worse afterwards. Now, there is about like the word balance and self-care and all those things. But a lot of times if I choose to take a nap instead of get caught up on work, I wake up and I'm still stressed out about the work mm-hmm. and now I've lost that time and I actually feel worse. And so in the book too, she says, self-importance always self-implodes. Mm. So self-importance always self-implodes. So I think when you're trying to, what I struggle with is when is it self-care and maybe when is it erring on the side of maybe selfish, I think that's what I'm going to be asking myself now is if I do this, am I really self going to self-implode? Am I going to shoot myself in the foot by making this decision? Right. Or is this what I must do in order to do all the things? Right. I think this is, it's a... Again, back to the word lifestyle, it's a lifestyle choice. I am choosing to always put myself first over others. Or I am choosing to be cynical instead of positive. Those are lifestyle choices that if you don't check your thoughts, you're going to slowly turn into the the cynical person or you're going to slowly turn into the selfish person. So it's that constant game of what you were saying, Farron. Okay, I've got to ask myself, is this going to implode on me later? If I take a nap now because I'm tired, I'm still going to wake up and be stressed about the, all the things I have to do. Or I could get all the things done and actually enjoy a nap or go to bed early or whatever that looks like. For sure. All right. Chapter 13. Not overcome. I choose to be grateful. So things that you might be telling yourself is, I'll never be happy again or... My life wasn't supposed to be like this. Um, You wouldn't believe what I've been through. And man, there have been people that have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know, again, people that have been through a lot, and they're still able to find um, something to be grateful for. And they're leveraging it. Leverage is a great word. We have, in a couple episodes, we have Tiffany on, and she talks about how she completely leverages the horrible things that have happened to her, and now she's helping thousands of people across the world and she'll talk about how she had to make that choice and it came from i mean we won't ruin it but 
She had to do some <laughs> digging and soul work. Again, we don't want to sugarcoat anything and act like it's easy to do, but we want you to know that it's possible. There is a way. And when you're ready to take that journey, we're here for you, encouraging you along the way. But there's resources out there. But it is possible. You can do it. And we don't promise it will be easy. And here's the catch. Whatever is going on with you, with me, with Farron, we're leveraging it right now. So it's just how are you wanting to leverage it? You're spending your energy the same type of way. Are you spending it being angry at that one person in seventh grade who did this one thing to you? How'd you know about that? (laughs) Shot in the dark, shot in the dark. (laughs) It's me. Or are you going to change your attitude and leverage that experience for something else? Things are going to happen to everybody. We're not saying um, that that's okay or anything like that, but you are given the choice to leverage that and feed that into God's love story. And one way to leverage that is having a gratitude practice that's not the first time you're hearing about that on our <laughs> podcast Nor here. Nor will it be the last. <laughs> no. So in case you're keeping score, everybody says <laughs> that a gratitude practice is beneficial. So again, if you are trying to have a better attitude and practice be- being more optimistic, then starting your day or in, at some point in your day, uh, reflecting on what you have to be grateful for. Um, that'll that'll do it that'll do it if you feel like you don't have time to be grateful here's you're already brushing your teeth you could just be thinking about things you're grateful for the whole time you're brushing your teeth so you can already implement it just roll it into something you're already doing so if it's your prayer life or if you're journaling every day before you start whatever piece you're going to write write down a few things that you're grateful for or thankful for or you know what something that me and the uh, two tiny humans, Sonen and Scout, currently, at the time of this recording, they're five and three. So, we've been doing this thing where we, we call it favorite things. And the three of us will talk and we'll go through each person in our house. And so we'll start with Morgan because he's the oldest. And we're like, okay, what's, what's your favorite thing about dad? It could have been something that is from today, from last week, a memory. What's your favorite thing about dad? So, the three of us will say one of our favorite things about dad. And then we'll go to Kenzie, and then to, or to me, then Kenzie, then Sloan, then Scott, then Rhett. And we'll go through the whole immediate family. And by the end of that, it's just cool to see how they light up. And it teaches them to be excited, not just to receive the, fun, the favorite thing, but also to give it. And it's, it's fun to watch them think and come up with something specific, because they like to come up with something that's from the day. So there's that, if you wanted that. I love when you give us ideas to use with our kids at home. Um, so again, I think gratitude, if it's if that's new to you, there's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it is as simple as thinking about it, uh, but we believe that there's power in writing it down. You are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down just by doing that. Those are good odds. Alone. Yeah, and so if you want to be a more grateful person and have a better attitude... You will be on your way if you'll write it out. And you know what? You could even write, I am grateful that I am a grateful person. Even if you don't feel it, if you write that, you'll be 42% more likely to actually be that. Boom. What? Science. over. No, we have more. (laughs) Bye. Uh, So just one closing thought on this chapter, unless Brooke has more to add. You go, girl. You close Um, that, baby. (laughs) 
the benefits, okay? So maybe you, you understand gratitude, you know what it is, you know ways to do it. Um, but Jenny Allen says this, in Jesus, we can change where we fight from without changing what we fight for. So you're still having the same goals, you're still having the same prayer requests, but if you can come at those from a different perspective, a different attitude, a different you know state of being, then maybe you can see those results or answer prayers um, sooner or faster or solutions. So again, she says, in Jesus, we can change where we fight from without changing what we fight for. So just a verse to throw at you before we go to the next chapter. It gets, I don't want to say misquoted, but it gets thrown out a lot. And I don't know if we all the way think about the thing that happens at the end of the sentence. <laughs> so it's James 1, 2 through 4. And it's consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith per produces perseverance. And then we stop there. But then the next verse says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the very thing you could be going through right now is setting you up. It's teeing you up for the thing that you're about to go forth and do. A lot of times we're worried about well, what if I don't have the skill set or I'm not qualified? The thing you're doing, what are you doing right now that is setting you up for that? You could be actively waiting right now instead of grumbling in whatever you're doing. What are you doing to grow that perseverance so that way you're not lacking anything when you're ready to step up to the plate? Love it. I'm glad you read that second part because I too had forgotten and not read the rest of that recently. I don't want to lack stuff. Give me all the things. I'll take it. Thanks. Except sushi. Y'all can have that one. I don't need it. <laughs> all right. Which segues nicely into chapter 14. Which is about sushi. Run your own race. Oh. <laughs> I don't recommend eating sushi prior to running. Before, during, or after. I don't really know. Maybe you should eat it before. Phone, or, phone yeah. a friend. Okay. So run your own race. I choose to seek the good of others. So things that you might tell yourself that are in fact lies. I don't have anything to offer. False. Uh, Someone else can do it. Mm. Do you know how many burger restaurants there are? Fast food places? Scarcity mm -hmm. mindset, y'all. Get that out of here. Yes, so run your own race. We're going to talk about... Avoiding comparison. Oh, man. So there's this really good study. I think it's by Andy Stanley's wife, maybe? Could be way off, but it's called The Comparison Trap. We'll link it because I think I totally messed that up. But it, it talks about how to combat being in that constant state of comparison. It's really easy, again, to become cynical if you're, oh, well, look at her with all her stuff that she has going on for her. Okay, well... It's very possible that, yes, that might be a great part of her life, but something else is falling apart. Everybody has their things that they struggle with and that they're successful with. Yes. I like how Jenny Allen mentions, too, that we were not built to live for others. And as a nine and people pleaser, I do have to check in and ask, okay, am I trying to win the favor of this person or would these actions actually be pleasing to God? And so I know in the Bible a lot of times they talk about idols and these golden statues and things. And they've talked a lot about at church too that 
you know, you might read the Bible and say, I don't have idols, but, uh, you know, do you idolize um, your kids being successful in sports and giving them everything they need and, you know, not literally, I hope, but like worshiping your kids or right. do you idolize control, control, acceptance from others, um, monetary success. Mm-hmm. We all have our um, idols. And so, again, you might just take a second here to see um, what do you idolize? You can just do a thought audit, thought audit and just see, even if you just took one day to write down just different things you're thinking. I'm not saying sit the entire day and type out your thoughts in your head, but just when, just have a memo going on your phone. When you open it, type what you're thinking, and then you can see what your thought audit looks like at the end of the day and what is it centered around. I really like how she talks about we're the body of Christ, right? So something that Farron is good at, I might that might not be my gifting or nor my passion. And same thing with you. Some people are like, God bless the teachers out there. I don't know how they do it. Okay, well, first, the answer is Jesus. Jesus helps us do that. But that's, that's the teacher forte. Some, we need lawyers. We need people who do everything. So going back to the body of Christ, if you're the elbow, you'll go be the elbow, girl. You can't be a finger. can't be an ear. You go be the elbow. You have fingernails. You are not fingernails. <laughs> you are, in fact, not fingernails. Not that that necessarily But if does. you're the fingernail, then yeah. If you're going to be the fingernail, be like mm. the longest one. Be the best one. Whatever yeah. you are, be a good one. <laughs> be the best eyelash out there. Best eyelash you ever seen. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the final closing thoughts on the Run Your Race. You have been designed and equipped with certain giftings and passions to play your role. So you can't play someone else's role. Because you're not that other person, that other person's not you. So you've got to do it your way. No one can do the thing that you're designed to do like you can. It's like Dr. Seuss. No one's you than you. Yes, and I think it goes back to like we were saying in chapter 12. You're going to run your race. You're going to do your thing. But you can also serve others. Either with what you've been called to do or cheering other people on in their race. For and sure. And not getting caught up in that. Yeah, that also goes back to being grateful. You can cheer that other person on and they, oh, because you know what I don't want to do is this, this, or this task, but they love it. They want to do it. So, uh, yeah, good job. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And again, that gratitude practice, you're focusing on what you have and what you're grateful for. And so you're less likely to start turning a wandering eye to what everyone else around you has or does because you're focused on what you have. All right, so tonight we reviewed four chapters from Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Chapter 11, A Beautiful Interruption, Choosing to Delight in God. Chapter 12, Less Important, I Choose to Serve God and Others, so taking the focus off yourself. Chapter 13, Not Overcome. So not being overcome by this world, you're going to focus on being grateful. Chapter 14, Run Your Race. Choosing to seek the good of others. We want to reiterate that these are all choices that you have to actively practice making. It's not going to be easier overnight, but you can actively choose and get some people on your side cheering you on. Like, okay, this week I really, how about, can you help me? Let's focus on gratitude. And even if that means you call me at the end of my workday every day and I tell you five things and we hang up, then cool. That I mean, that might be something that's easy or 
hey, Farron, text me your five things. Okay, I'll text you my five things. It could be as simple as that to just get the ball rolling. I'm glad you pointed that out. We cover a lot of material in one episode, and you're probably not going to feel too successful or experience a lot of success if you try to implement all of these practices at once. So 21 days to form a habit. Pick one area, maybe one chapter, and every 21 days you can focus on that. And when you've got that mastered, move on to the next thing. Yeah. You get out there and you get after it. Do it. See you next week. Bye. We help busy Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have happier, healthier lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.